0: I haven't eaten at a restaurant in months. Ever since the pandemic started, whenever I have ordered from a restaurant, it has been to go through the drive-thru, picking it up. Every Wednesday, I get a hot dog from Community Deli on Oberlin. They do dollar hot dogs on Wednesdays. I place the order and then I wait outside as they bring food to those who are waiting. I do not know the next time I will eat at a restaurant, but one of my last memories doing so was at a mellow mushroom with my coworkers and their families in Boone at the end of 2019. I've come to realize that restaurants have been and continue to serve as places of gathering, celebrate good news, connect with friends, beginning a relationship. Local restaurants can be major institutions telling the story of a city. They have also been one of the hardest hit industries due to the pandemic with many struggling to survive based off takeout and delivery alone. My family was personally affected because the restaurant where my dad worked at, a barbecue restaurant in High Point, closed for good in April. You cannot talk about my family and not mention that place. My dad always brought home something at the end of the day for my siblings to share, sometimes a gallon of sweet tea, sometimes he used to bring home biscuits and grits every year. For the church picnic, we brought banana pudding from the restaurant. The ultimate four-circle moment was when they catered an event that I was hoping to plan when I was a student at Elon. As I reflect, I think about other restaurants that have been struggling with figuring out their next moves or pivoting to a different model. But what do you do when your restaurant has a greater mission than just serving good food? What do you do when it's a nonprofit and now your services are in need more than ever? How do you motivate your team to keep going? How do you pivot and live into your mission? This is Pivots, a podcast about navigating transitions, negotiating change, and reimagining our world. I'm Kenneth Brown Jr. Exploring these questions, I chatted with Maggie Kane in October. Maggie is the founder and executive director of A Place at the Table, a pay what you can cafe in Raleigh, North Carolina. This was a wonderful conversation, and Maggie is a pretty cool person. And the Place at the Table have been challenged over the past few months, but their mission remains the same, which is to provide community and good food for all, regardless of means. As I was doing some research, um, and on March 11th, you all released like your standard newsletter. Um, and then for me, March 11th was that date where like the world stood still. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then five days later, you released um, a COVID update and you said, table family, this, th- this is our time to shine, to extend our table wider than it's ever been before, to stare down uncertainty and then do the next right thing. And so I was wondering, how do you define pivot, and what does that look like?
1: Well, awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for reading those newsletters. I agree a hundred percent. That is uh, March eleventh. I was at a wedding in New Orleans, and I think I had right before sent the newsletter, the normal monthly newsletter out, and then went to New Orleans, got back, and the world just like changed, right? And we're, we're still living through that. Um, my definition my definition of pivot is that it's probably the most used word in 2020 and I love it. I use it every single day. Um, I think it's adjusting. It's, it's seeing what the community needs at the time and being able to adjust and work around it and, and be flexible. Um, we at a place in the table have had to, I mean, literally take day by day and change things. So from March 11th to March 16th, it, I, I could have probably written another newsletter on March 17th and then March 18th. Um, and so, no, truly, I've been trying to s- stretch out my newsletters because there's seriously an update every other day. Um, but I think, I think to answer your question, it is just being able to be flexible and see what the community needs in that moment and, and work towards making it happen.
0: Gotcha. It's, a, you know, it, it's interesting that you, you, that you touched on seeing what the community needs um, because, you know, essentially your model, like it, like it's, it's a business, but it's also somewhat of a nonprofit, um, you know, helping what, you know, helping the least among us, helping those who are down. Um, and I can only imagine how much, you know, just you as a person, you know, with the work that you do have been more heightened and more just aware of what your community may need. And then responding to that. So what has that looked like? What has those conversations looked like? Whether it's with people who come to the table often, or new people, um, or even with your staff, because I saw that pre pandemic, you were serving between 50 and 60 free meals a day. And now it's been hovering around a 300 mark per day, which is a dramatic shift.
1: Yes, um, we're all losing our minds a little bit, but aren't we all during, during COVID? Um, it's interesting that you asked that. I, I will talk about how, how we've pivoted and adjusted, and then we're at a really critical moment right now where we are making a big pivot. Um, so I'll, I'll start with, you know, back back in March, what happened. Um, I Before listening to what your community needs, I truly believe you should listen to what your family, what your what your core team needs, and so I sat down with our whole staff, all 15 of us—baristas, line cooks, chef, manager, um, our manager, manager of volunteer engagement—and I sat down and I said, "What do y'all want to do? How do we feel? Do you feel comfortable? We will close the doors right now if y'all don't feel comfortable being here." And they all said, "Nope, we're ready to rock it. Let's go, Maggie." um and and I went around the group and made sure and I also said call me after this if you didn't feel comfortable saying it in front of a group because I think I think you really you got to have everyone on board and and that and that's important especially with such an unknown virus an unknown moment that we're all in um and so we we put our heads down and and together and said, "How do we be the best we can be? Serve the most amount of people, and and be that place that that community needs right now to fill this need." And so we um, did not shut down a single day. We came up with a solid plan, reopened the next morning, only curbside. And granted, the day before we had had we had, had you know 30 volunteers, um, you know, an additional or maybe no 60 volunteers, people volunteering for their meal. And 20 folks who have regular shifts with, shifts with us in the cafe volunteering. And we had had, you know, it, it would look completely different. Shut down, no volunteers. Did all curbside, set out a table outside. Um, at that time, we weren't even really wearing masks, right? And so we, we tried to social distance as much as possible. And then at the end of that day, we sat down again. And then we sat down again. And we kept chatting and making the best decisions for what the community needed. We went from serving, again, like you said, that 50 to 60, those free meals a day um, to, uh, and uh, let me say those 50 to 60 were folks who volunteered for their meal. They would come in, volunteer alongside our staff and volunteer for their meal. We stopped volunteering. So then those 50 to 60 free meals became 100. And then the next week became 150. And what we saw at that time were other nonprofits were closed um, to figure out their plan. So we were becoming that feeding site we were seeing a lot more folks who were experiencing food insecurity, a lot more folks who were filing for unemployment as the as the weeks and months went on. And so again, our team every week we sat down and said, "Are we still feeling this hunger need that we need? What other places are open? What's going on in this community?" And we all we came to yes, we are. So we had to we changed our days and times to be more flexible with people's schedules. We changed um, the way we did things outside multiple times um, to be safer and better. And by the end of it, as of two weeks ago, we were serving upwards of about 350 free meals a day. Um, and, and we we had, you know, we had folks could call their order in. They could also walk up and, and stand in line and get their order. Um, prior to COVID, our model was 65 to 70 percent of people paid for their meal, paid something or the suggested price or more. 35 pay, or, or 30 volunteered for their their meal or used a token which is a free meal that's handed out in the community um then covid hit and the, that 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 ratio kept slipping and so now it's about 99.9 percent of people don't pay and that 0.1 right um pay and so we actually said that that's as of two weeks ago that that's what happened um and i can jump in i can answer questions about that or jump into what happened after that, we, we did on last Friday, we did shut our doors down for a short moment so that we can adjust and pivot even more.
0: I saw that and I wanted to to talk about that because, you know, the first time you all closed down, uh, it was to renovate and those renovations took a bit longer um, than expected. But, you know, you all, you know, prepared for it, like you knew that this was going to be a thing and that you had to do it. Um, but now, and, and 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 then also looking through some of your other newsletters, like you know, personally for you, like during that summer months, like like your dad had passed away, and like all of these things were going on, your community was hurting, and then now fast forward to October with all of these things, and now closing down again um, to try to figure out how to live into your mission, to live into your values. What did how? How do you navigate that? How do you process that? How do you make that choice to say we have to do this really to do this potentially really hard thing? And so that way we can be the best organization that we can be for the people that we serve.
1: Yeah. When we closed down the first time I we were we were serving about 300. 300 people, and we we got the opportunity to close our doors and renovate our kitchen so we could serve more people and be more efficient. Prior to COVID, we had a very inefficient kitchen. Um, uh, It was a we had ovens the size of a microwave and did not have a hood, which most restaurants have to be able to serve so many people. And so I I really said like what we need to close. We need to be able to to be the best we can for this community. And my staff needs a bigger space. They need to to be working in a bigger space. They need to be able to push out more meals. So we closed. I, it also was a perfect time because, again, I, I try to put, put our staff first. And and we had been grinding for four and a half months at this. And it was, it was you know, I, I really believe this whole COVID during, during the past couple months, you know, we're all experiencing trauma and crisis and chaos. And so I really wanted to give our staff a mental health break. And so that was the perfect time to do it. Fast forward, um, we grind out again. We keep serving more and more people, meeting new folks, and it, it was great. But the point we got to was, um, as of last Friday, to be completely transparent and honest, we it became unsafe. This many meals, this many people in a short window of time, it really became unsafe for our staff. Fights were breaking out. Um, you know, it was more and more folks were coming, and I, I just knew that for our staff's sake, we needed to shut down and figure out how to be the best we can be and serve the most amount of people with what our mission is and what is our mission. Um, I, you asked how I handle this and how I navigate it. Yeah, like everyone does, I was on I was on our call last week with um you know Damon's group and so many great leaders group and I bawled my eyes out. So not well um but I have a lot of great people in our in my life and in a table's life to help guide these decisions and to to come up with what the best decision is. What we came to was you know refocusing or what we're coming to is refocusing our mission and looking at what is it we filled this need in the community for six months and it was awesome and we were incredibly fortunate to do. We fed people, that is what we did. Um, now that nonprofits are back open, now that there are other places such as the soup kitchen and things like that, we realize that our, our mission is not just to feed people, feeding people is our tool towards building community. Our mission statement is to provide community and good food for all regardless of means. And so we really are looking at that right now and how do we how do we get back to what our mission is? Um, because there are so many other great organizations too, and for us to survive in the long term, we need to be living our mission, um, and and again, prioritizing our staff and what they need. And if it was becoming unsafe, then it's time to make some changes.
0: One of the thoughts that comes to mind is. You're you're leading. You're running a business and working with these people, but also recognizing that we all have our limits. And we uh, you know, kind of like that, that like feeling your feelings. Um, and sometimes, you know, getting caught up in everything that's going on that we just don't give ourselves the time and the space to to cry or to scream or to just feel our feelings and about everything that's been going on
1: oh yeah oh yes it it i i felt like as a leader i had to be the one that held strong the whole time right and i had to keep my head up and be the encourager which there's part in that i do right but i'm allowed to have those feelings too and so i don't think i cried for the full like first five months and then i went back to therapy and as soon as i walked in the door it's like the floodgates are open um, and this is all hard. And just because I'm a leader, and just because I'm the leader of this organization, doesn't mean that I um am not going through trauma too, and chaos, and crisis, and everything that I I give my staff that that moment to to breathe, I got to give myself that too, so I can continue to lead this organization. Um, and so yeah, there are like I said last Wednesday, I was bawling my eyes out. I bawled my eyes out all weekend. Um, because I also know I would love to continue to feed 350 people a day. I mean, I—that is my heart. I love sharing. I love sharing, you know, sharing food with people. Um, but for Table to be successful for the long term, for my staff to to be safe mentally and physically, I I have to think of the the bigger picture of where a place of the table needs to be.
0: It's kind of hitting on this point of having this both-and mindset. Um, in one newsletter, you mentioned both feeling ache for your community and sharing the stories, and also filling some light. Um, a quote uh, you said, but my shiro, Maya Angelou, says this, try to be a rainbow in someone's cloud. How do you be a rainbow in someone's cloud?
1: Yeah, um, I wish we could ask her, right? Um, but... Yeah, I, I think showing up and continuing to show up with that smile on your face and being present with people is, is how you be a rainbow in someone's cloud. I, I, we, as I kind of, you know, as I said, we're all going through this trauma. This is heavy. This is not easy. This is, this is not easy for anyone. I don't care what people say. People are lonely. People are longing for something and someone Um, people are long longing for normalcy. And so I, I just think if you can show up, if I can show up and be present with folks at a place of table with my staff, with people that are getting meals outside and just be there, um, put a smile on my face, then, then there's a little rainbow there. We all need, we need each other. We need to learn, we need to lean on each other. We need, we need to have community because that's, what's going to get us to make it through the, the, these really hard times is, is each other is community. I think community is the answer to everything. Um, and that's, that's the rainbow to me.
0: At the end of that's like, you know, at the end of the day, this is like change, even though it's like massive dramatic change, like almost every few hours, but change is constant. Change is it's natural. Has there been any experiences from your life that you have drawn on that has kind of helped guided you in these pivots?
1: Yeah, um, well, one, because you had mentioned it a little bit ago, um, my dad actually died of COVID um, over the summer, and so COVID is real, y'all, COVID is real, um, but I, a couple of years ago, I was working a full-time job in the, and working on table as well, right at the same time, table was not, a place table was not open yet, um, and my dad actually suffered a severe stroke and was hospitalized for weeks turned into months. um, And I became his caretaker. And so my life changed overnight. I was full time taking care of my dad and being present with him. And so I think that was the moment that I said, look, I can do hard things. And things are going to come my way. And it will be okay. And there are a lot of people in my corner that are here to help me. And there are a lot of rainbows in my cloud that can help me and and are present for me and I can reach out and ask for help um and and so that was a big defining moment to me and in my life where where I uh I I I just learned that I was resilient and that we're all resilient and and just because something comes our way um it's okay to to pivot your life and and uh, and adjust and and you know take it day by day and and no, at that time, I was, I was no plan, there was no planning for the future. It was what is what do I need today? What does my family need today? What does my community need today? And I think that's okay.
0: What gives you hope during this time?
1: People, for sure. I people, people is my passion. Um, and i i if i if it comes to a moment and I'm starting to feel down or discouraged, I think of when I think of all the folks that are getting meals at a place at the table, um, and think of their stories, and 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 remind myself, this is why I do what I do, and this is why I've committed my life to it. Um, and and then also people in my life, I I I really believe we need each other, and so people in my life are, you know, they're they're my hope, they're the reason um, my life is so great. I'm also a person of faith, and so my relationship with God is really important, um, and and that's my hope too. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, my hope it like I, I just think of the wine I'm gonna drink, that too. There's my hope in the in just day by day. Um, but ultimately it it's just that the folks that I've been so fortunate to have in my life. And I think I will say I I I not I don't think I know this community is gonna rise above this. I know we're gonna get through this, I know we're gonna look back in 10 years and and have shared some really cool different moments and moments like this on Zoom um and so i i know that our community is going to get through this
0: speaking of getting through this whenever this does end or whenever there's a some sense of normalcy whatever that is what do you what in a, a two part question what have you been learning and what do you hope sticks around long after this pandemic 5 7 years from now
1: yeah. Is it going to be five, seven years? Be years? <laughs> Again, I need a plan. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, I think, I think it's probably what I said um, earlier is, is that one day by day is the answer. And, and it can always be the answer that we need it, that we are, it is okay to take it day by day and not have it all figured out. I, I have put so much pressure on myself the past four years to have it all figured out to have the plan to have you know where's table where the place of the table going what am I doing after a place of the table um, and and not knowing the end plan is okay it is okay um, and then two I think it, I think knowing that the important importance of life is not you know how successful you are how you know, what trip am I taking? What, you know, what award, whatever, whatever that may be. But it's it's the people in my life that make it worth it. And so spending time, this time has taught me to spend time with the closest people to me. Um my my sister, my twin sister had a baby during quarantine or during during COVID. And I for the first three months I said, no, I can't quarantine. I can't quarantine to see this baby. I can't. Work's too important. And then I finally said, no family is too important like the people in my life are too important and so I did I quarantined and I got I pat myself on the back only 10 days but still um, quarantined and went to see that that precious baby and um and so I think that too is is focusing on on stuff that that is the most important to you um life is life is too short um and and I I don't remember what the question was but I I know that I will keep reminding myself of this and I will have other people in my life remind me of this. If, and when we do get out of this, no, we will, um, when we do get out of this and and they'll remind me that, look, like your life is, is your life is too important. And it it doesn't involve just working 24 seven or, or just being the most successful or just um, getting the most done in the day. And so I, I, it's, I'm, I'm thankful for that reminder.
0: On um, August 23rd, you said that you didn't think that you would be doing curbside service, max chats, or doing 300 meals and 80% of your diners not being able to pay. But you also said, for now, the community is still joyously alive on the curb of 300 West Hargett Street. We're still here creating a little space to turn the world as we know it on its head. Is this space different What you thought in January, and what do you hope that space looks like moving ahead?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely incredibly different, um, different but still beautiful. So, different, I always used to think different was bad, but different's beautiful. Do we miss having folks eating together at large community tables in the cafe and doing dishes together? And, and yes, doing dishes together is one of the most beautiful, joyous things. Um, because you are just chatting with that person next to you while you're just, you know, in soapy water. Um, And so is it, is it different? Yes, but it is still beautiful. And having these conversations outside, the people we've been able to meet on the curb as they're waiting for their food, um, the folks I've seen standing in line together having these conversations has been really, really wonderful. um, And not what I expected. But yes, we do miss what was happening in January and what's to come. Yes. I think, I think we will only, you know, as I said, we are pivoting our what the operation sides of things, but we are only keeping, you know, at the forefront of our mind is how do we continue to build this community around good food? And so if we keep our mission and what we are, are, you know, called to be doing right now in our organization community, then yes, I, I only have hope for that that will continue to, to build community at the cafe, even if it's curbside for the next year. Um, I feel hopeful in that. And I feel excited to meet new people, see new families coming in. If you ever need a Pay What You Can Cafe, you need it now as as people really are in that need and and may only be able to pay a few dollars, but really need a place that's dignified and, and where they feel valued and cared for and loved so um, yes, I feel I feel very hopeful and excited to to see what's to come.
0: Someone listening to this um, could be in a pivot of their own or have had multiple pivots over the past few months, um, and are just trying to hear how other people have pivoted and what that has looked like. What would you tell someone who might be listening, um, going through just various pivots nonstop?
1: It is hard. It is hard and that is, that is valid and valuable and you are allowed to have this sadness and all these feelings around it and let yourself be sad, let yourself feel, do it. Um, and, and while at the same time, know you're gonna get out of it and lean on your community around you to help you get out of it. You are not on this journey alone. You are not in this community alone. You are not on an island. Um, there are a lot of folks that that want to be present in your life. and, and we are I, I said this earlier and I say this all the time, we are not meant to do this alone. and we are we are here for each other. And so find that person, find those people that you can that can help, you know, just just pull you up a little bit, right? Um, you know, there, I picture you floating in water and you just holding your hand up and someone grabbing that hand and just holding you up. Um, let people do that because that is, that is what's going to get you through this is when you, you know, you have that community to, to lean on and support you. And if you don't have anyone, seriously, call me. I, I got you. I, and I mean that wholeheartedly. I, I know what it's like to do it on my own and it is not, it's not what life's about. So. Um, I, I really I think that it is hard let yourself feel and then also let yourself feel that with other people because people want to be there for you.
0: Thank you, Maggie, for all your <laughs> words.
1: <laughs> How- I'm thrilled. I, I've I've loved getting to know you so far and love to be a part of this and I'm thankful to be a part of this Raleigh community. Yeah. Raleigh, um, yeah. all the things.
0: <laughs> How can people learn more about a place at the table?
1: Yes, follow us on social media. I'm trying to hit 18,000 followers this year. Um, <laughs> just kidding, but kind of. Um, so uh, Instagram and social media, it's Table Raleigh, a place at the table. Um, our website is tableraleigh.org. You can check us out there and um, come dine with us. We, we've got really good food and we are, um, we got a great team.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Maggie.
1: Thanks, Jenna. We it.
0: You've been listening to Pivots, a podcast about navigating transitions, negotiating change, and reimagining our world. Pivots is a project of the A.J. Fletcher Foundation, produced and hosted by me, Kenneth Brown Jr. Our music is composed by Blue Dot Sessions, sound effects from freesound.org. You can hear this episode and more by going to our show page at www.pivotsajf.simplecast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.